Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze. Relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. have spoken with each other and, uh, and they regret what happened they've had a frank discussion with each other and they're, they're both of them are keen to, to now focus on getting back to their county jerseys but these fellas will get such a f***ing shit shock next Saturday evening that we'll put them back in their f***ing houses for f***ing years Okay, lads, Connor and Conan, we are going to call this the Giving Out Show because we've no games to preview this weekend. I found out on Monday I have a broken wrist and I'm in the mood to get to just complain about things, right? <laughs> so today we have Australians taking our players. We have players leaving squads. Too much commitment. ERSI report. All that kind of stuff. <laughs> we've the advanced mark, which is an abomination now. Everyone's given out about it. Separating myself away from this, lads. This is not my mark. <laughs> and we've club versus Sigerson. Conan, Kira Malloy has a club versus Sigerson <laughs> dilemma next week. Can you believe this? I cannot believe it. Who, who could have predicted this? <laughs> There's no way of knowing that would have happened. So, Kira Malloy, for the third year, even though the, they've moved the, the club into January and they've pulled it away from March now it's clashing with the first round of the Sigerson which is knockout and he's in his, in his I think he's in his last year in Galway and he's a really important player for them so it's even worse and he's carrying a knock apparently and he has to play an order in club final the week after so there's a good chance he might not line out for for Galway and even if he does he could aggravate it or whatever so why and this the, the funny thing about this is is that the Fixtures Review Committee have not scrapped these early season competitions have put them into January at the same time as an All-Ireland Club uh, final. Now, obviously, down the road, they want to potentially pull everything into a calendar year. It just has to happen because it's amazing that this is still, that this is still happening. Quickly, first though, lads, is uh, Jack McCaffrey has confirmed yesterday he did media, round table, same headlines and it's every single uh, news outlet is that my understanding is that he's going gung-ho to play again. I think he had a little operation on his shoulder. I don't know what his medical situation is, so I don't want to be speculating on that. He's off on holidays. I really hope he's playing again. So he's gung-ho to play again. Uh, listen, it's just Cluxton's age, really, where the speculation is coming in. But that's Dublin fans can rest easy. It looks like Cluxton's... Uh, although Jim Gavin surprised us all. And uh, you wouldn't know, but it looks like Cluxton's going to play. Yeah, I wouldn't have, uh, wouldn't have thought Jack McCaffrey would have said something like gung-ho if he wasn't very confident yeah. that he was going to come yeah. back again. I know he's on the WhatsApp group, so well, he knows yeah, more than us. That's exactly it. He's uh, getting all the gossip Stephen, from Stephen could have said, I'm gung-ho, lads, to go next year. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I highly doubt that somehow. I know, I, I thought it might have been in for Cluxon after uh, last year, no more than Gavin, probably because it was the five in a row as well, but he seemed a little bit more kind of uh, looser and more relaxed after winning it. And when, when you get, I mean, he's captain, what, four of the five in a row All-Irelands and then getting Football captain of all well. of the five in a row uh, sorry, oh, sorry all, the f- all the five in a row I was thinking back to the other All-Irelands when Brian Cullen was captain there's only one 11 Cluxton's been it. captain so, so he's captain all of them apart from one uh, and then he got football of the year this year so I was thinking geez, what a time to buy out but I think we've found out over the years that Stephen Cluxton isn't wired like the rest of us and he's no. probably thinking why not go and get ten in a row but let's be like honest that. lads he's a goalie 
Like they don't They could play it Look at What's your man The Juventus goalkeeper Buffon Buffon these are goalies. Don't compare them to outfield players. They don't need to be as... I know Cluxton is, is an incredibly fit athlete for a goalkeeper, but they don't. They can play longer than an outfield player. Like Johnny Dylan, these lads play it till 38 outfield. Mm. Cluxton could play another four or five years. It's as, and he's a teacher. We know his routine, he told us at the All-Stars. He leaves work at three. He <laughs> heads to train in a quarter past three. Only joking at about five. He loves that lifestyle. Why would he want to give that up? No big, no big issue to Stephen Cluxton. I, I'd say, I don't see any reason why he wouldn't keep playing. Yeah, you can go on and be the greatest of all time. Like he's player of the year. His, his reflexes are not slowing down. Yeah. And when they slow down, he goes onto a laptop for five hours to, to correct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that was technique, not, not... You get my point though. Like, I don't see why... Why wouldn't he? He's yeah. a lovely lifestyle as a teacher the whole summer off. What will he, I'd say he... And let's be honest, I've played club with Cluxton. Club isn't his passion. Dublin's his passion. So it's not like he'll go back to his club and be immersed in it because he never was when I was there. So... I can I can't I can't I see Cluxton having a massive void in his life if you give up Dublin. Yeah. Is it a little strange that the the captain hasn't sort of committed yet for a year? Like well, surely he hasn't not committed. No, I know, but yeah, it's just, just speculation. Why do you, you have know. to commit? Why do Jack McCaffrey hasn't committed? No, because they're starting the league now, you know, in a couple of weeks since it's, it's just weird. He's on a holiday. Yeah. With all the others, James McCarthy hasn't committed. Philly McMahon hasn't. All the speculations around Cluxton because he's thirty-eight. It's ageism. Leave him alone. He'll be back. He's <laughs> 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 closed. Yeah. <laughs> giving out to a good now. Let's start. Because oh, yeah. oh, I wanted to start on a good news story, right? So now we can start giving out. Cahill McShane. This is but this is a strange one, right? It really is because <coughs> this fella's twenty-four. He's twenty-five this year. Right, and he's going for a trial with the Adelaide Crows. Now he can't play with Adelaide this year. He wouldn't make it yet this year, anyways. So, say he goes out, impresses in the trial, comes back, plays with Tyrone for the championship, then goes out. Now you're looking at him making his debut. He won't play in the first year. Like he might break into it towards the end. You're looking at twenty six, twenty seven before this lad starts playing. It's the most bizarre transfer I've ever seen coming to the Aussie rules. McShane is an excellent target man in Gaelic football. Excellent. But he's ten a penny out in Australia for a for a player that stands on the edge of the square. There's bigger, there's better, there's better fellas with the oval ball. I just don't see. I don't see this working out. I think this is all a big uh, mountain out of a molehill. Yeah, and it was interesting. That Colin Bagley was talking about him being taken out as a key forward and not like a half back. Like usual, yeah, else. but he's yeah. not a half back. He's been taken out as a as a mark getter. Yeah, that's like, it is strange, especially for his age and especially the fact that he can't. Transfer this year, so that's going to knock him back another year. Be twenty five by the time he goes out. No, he's tr- he's twenty five this year coming. He's twenty four now. So unless so he was twenty four in the first few days of the new year, he's twenty five this year. So he'd be twenty six making his in his first year. Do you get me? Yeah, and then and that's it, that's his first year. He might not break into the team until he's twenty seven. You're look- He's looking at maybe making his debut. It's a load of nonsense, lads. This Mickey Hart probably. I don't blame Cotton McShane going out for a trial. Why wouldn't you? Sure, wrap it up in a holiday and bring your bring your missus out and whatever. But I can't see this going anywhere. You wonder what he's been told though by the Adelaide Crows. Do you know? Are they telling him exactly that? You know that? Well, just being honest with you, Carl, you're 24 now. You can't play this year. You won't be coming out till next year. It'll probably take you a year, if not two, to find your feet. So realistically, we're prepared to give you a shot, but it won't be till you're 27. Do you know what I mean? I, I thought because he was already made, you know, he's already made at 24. It's not like he's been a 17 year old brought out as a rookie. Who, if it takes them the same amount of time to get their feet, they'll still be playing at maybe 20. So like, I thought there might be an element to where they've said, listen, we'd like, we'll we'll give you this trial, but like. If it's a thing that you don't, you know, if it's a thing that's not working within the, within a year, well, then you know it's probably going to be too late for you. But uh, I, I know I hadn't really thought about that. I only was reading yesterday. I didn't realize that he couldn't actually play this year because I was I was thinking he'd do very well to be going out in a trial in January and then be able to play for Adelaide Crows. He absolutely wouldn't. He'd be lucky if he gets under second yeah, exactly, this year. Yeah. You know, yeah. you have to learn the game. Yeah. Like I mean, you know, now I suppose in the position he's looking to play in, it is a bit more simplistic. Catch a mark, you're close to goal. You don't need probably the same ball skills as a half back who needs to be bouncing it and needs to be, you know, have vision and needs to kick pass. He needs to catch and score a goal pretty much in the, if that's the position he's going for. But like I said, he's not like a huge man. He's not like a Kieran Donaghy. 
you know he's 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 six foot two he's very nicely strong but like I'd say out in Australian rules he would be a small inside yeah. forward in that role as the target man this is a strange thing like because he hasn't he's not the most imposing full forward that we've ever seen here no. in Gaelic football no. and actually part of his brilliance like this year he's been playing there a year as well at full four is that he's been going short for some ball and then going in behind he can for do others. both like, yeah. yeah so it's not like he's just standing at the square swallowing up anything that comes near him so yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's been people like Kieran Dunhey who would have been a much better, sort of more natural fit and it would have been quicker for them to progress. Yeah. This is a weird one, as you say, there are bigger people out there. It's definitely a weird one. I think Mickey Hart, he was given out saying that it's a bit sad that it used to be the job of some unknown scouts from Australia, but now it's ex-GA people in Ireland who are scouting our players to take them away to another league, which is of no benefit to us, whatever. He says it's one-way traffic and we all know that. We've, we've talked about this enough times to know that it is very unfortunate um, like I mean Marty Clark came back bite, biting on this because he he's works in that and we know Ty Canelli used to be in recruitment and Marty Clark is in some bit of recruitment but Marty Clark kind of rubbished what Mickey Hart said and he said for Mickey to be suggesting that former GA players have the authority to go to a team like Adelaide Crows and say you should pick him is comical the hours of research that's done for a profile of a player to fit in with how that team plays will a guy fit into their culture where is he at in his life does he have a career outside of sport he wants to fit fit in these are massive, massive things and they are done only by the clubs. There's no doubt in my mind that Adelaide Crows did this by themselves. So I suppose the way he, the way Marty Clark kind of looks at it, Adelaide Crows target him, they bring him for a trial, then Marty might kick in, I don't know, to to mentor him. You know what I mean? Before he goes, I'm not sure what Marty's role is. Or I know they have combines, but this is mm. this is outside a combine. It's an unusual transfer. But I don't think it's Mar- I believe Marty Clark. I don't think it's Marty Clark's going to Adelaide Cross saying here we have a good one yeah. here. Yeah, but I I also I don't agree with him though. We said like they would have been tracking him for a number of seasons. Like would you have been tracking Cal McShane a couple of years ago when he was one of Tyrone's ten wing forwards? Yeah, no, that's that's pitch? not accurate. They, they track they saw him in the last year since they, maybe during the league he caught a few great balls against mm. Galway. Do remember up in Oma yeah. like I mean but he wasn't really getting off the ground there he's just he, like he's a great pair of hands but there's more to him than that you're right Conan it's, it, listen this is just a weird one for uh, me I'd say Mary Clark might mean that they're monitoring players in general as opposed to yeah, Colin yeah, McShane maybe. they're keeping but, an eye on everything and then this Colin McShane would obviously have come to the fore given his performances last but year but Mickey Hart does have a point in that for these combines like is it the Australian teams or is it the the Irish scouts that are able to you know it would be a little bit disappointing if it's XGA players Ah, look they're giving players an opportunity to I, I don't know what I don't have a strong yeah. way I keep looking at from one side saying it's terrible to lose our best players and then I look at the opportunity that these young lads are getting and I'm torn between the two I try not to be selfish being selfish as a fan and as a GA person is to say keep them at home we want to see them that's very very selfish look at the life Zach Tootie has out mm. in Australia now what life would he had in Port living in Port Leash? Like, come yeah, on, you know. Yeah. Like, I mean, stop if if you if you stop being selfish about what you want and think about the player, you should probably think this is a great opportunity and there's nothing really wrong with it. Yeah, I think Mickey Hart has a point, but he's been really selfish. There's like you know Zach too. He's a rare example. Like the percentages are awful. Yeah, for, but then but it's still a great life experience. Great life experience and a great sort of uh, sporting experience as well because yeah. you come back a better athlete and yeah. like your eyes open. So. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like it is hard, and even like you know, the likes of Marty Clark and Ty Canelli, they've got careers after playing sport in this as well. Even though like you know, it's danger to GA players, they still have good yeah. careers now off the back of this. Yeah, you can understand Mickey Hart's frustration. Like yeah. he must be livid, lads. Of all players for Toronto to lose is Cottle McShane with the advanced mark coming in. <laughs> oh, like honestly, yeah. he is the, the most important player with Tyrone next year. And and Matty Donnelly out injured, and we don't know what how he's going to come back. Oh, it's a nightmare for Tyrone. Mm. He really, I can see why Mickey Hart is really pissed off and he's not a big fan of the compromise rules to begin with I would say he's seething no, well, you, well you have to take the comments with a pinch of salt because of that because of Mickey Hart's past relationship but, but just going back to like Ray Cannell from Westmead there was doing an interview during the week and he said uh, any young player would be insane not to try it out yeah. I mean you're getting where we, we might come to it but when you look at that ESRI thing when you're doing 30 hours a week whatever on the other hand you're looking at going down to Australia being afforded the chance to live a professional life in the lifestyle that you can live down under I mean it's hard to turn your nose up at that at the same time yeah. why also being you know just pissed off and sad really that you're, we're losing potentially losing some of our best yeah. GA players yeah. down to, to, to Australia I, I don't think we lose McShane if we're be, if we're, like, I don't think I think it's madness and it could be madness on his point of view as well because he'll have to do his two years rookie contract when he's 27 by the time he hits a decent contract and earns some money what has he got three years of it 
Like you know what I mean? Tyrone does he have to do? Can you not be fast tracked? Uh, like uh, does, does maybe at his age, be fast. But for two years, you're you're not making. The, like yeah. a lot of them don't make. It. Like Colin Begley was one of the fastest, and he made the senior team towards the end of his first year. Like and that was, I think, what Mark O'Connor did as well. But this is lads that are really picking it up fast. Like there's no guarantees he will. So you might have to see out your two year rookie contract. Now, so he might make good money, and good money over there is what two hundred thousand Aussie dollars, three hundred thousand. Convert that to euros. Wouldn't turn your nose up at that. (laughs) You wouldn't turn your nose up at it, but like he's still given up. He's still given up six years working at home. Do you know? Are you going to be financially that far ahead? It depends on where he is in his career over here, I suppose. As well, if he like, he might be at at a point where he's not yet started fully fledged. Fully fledged down is what the career path that he's going to pursue. So, thinking if I'm going to do it uh, any time, might as well do it now. Yeah, no, fair enough. A bigger issue probably uh, within the GA is players uh, leaving squads, and. There's talk that uh, it's up to 63 Donica Boyle had in the independent, um, which is just incredible numbers, lads. It just seems unprecedented. It's more than any other year. The worst hit counties, Cavan. Jeez, Cavan are gone, lads. Cavan are just completely decimated. You've Dara McVitie, Connor Mina, Killian Clark, Connor Rehill, who was starting this year, Michael Argue, who wasn't, Jack Brady, who was co- co- on and off it. Leash have been screwed with the two Kingston, Stephen Atroyd, Claire. Arguably worse than anybody else with who they lost. Jamie Malone and Gary Brennan mm. and Sean O'Donoghue. Tipperary have lost Michael Quinlivan, Liam Casey, Liam McGrath. Leitrim, Michael McWheeney, Jack Heslin, Gary Plunkett, Noel Plunkett, Cahill McCran. Waterford have lost one, two, three, four, five, six, six players. Tyg O'Hulacan, I don't know him. Shane Ahern, Tommy Prendergast, Shane Ryan, Jack Mullaney and JJ Hutchinson. And Longford have lost an awful lot of players as well. Barry McKeown, Connor Berry, Darren Quinn, Robbie Smith, David McGivney, Aidan McGilligat and John Keenan. Holy shit, lads. Like, I mean, this is a lot of players. And is this a commitment thing? Is this ERSI report where they're putting in 31 hours? A working week is 40 40 hours, lads. 31 hours on your pastime outside your 40 hours. For me, it's not sustainable for, for most players more than two years in a row I str- I very rarely did more than two years in a row and that was back in the <laughs> noughties I'm like I need a break from this shit <laughs> imagine now I wouldn't be able to handle I'd go a year on a year off well if you can if you're that good enough that you can get in and out I know I, I was well, good you, enough you I was good. <laughs> I, what I was going to say I'd like a, like a not as maybe maybe not as extreme as what you said but the, I don't think it's sustainable now especially in, in certain counties for somebody to go from a, like have an inter-county career let's say from the age of 20 to 32 or something like that I don't know could you envisage going 12 or 13 yeah. full if seasons if you're not a teacher required? Yeah. teacher's yeah. perfect like yeah. look, t- look at your in, during the summer as a teacher I'd say they're bored if they didn't have GA that 31 hours yeah. slots lovely you're almost a professional athlete working evenings <laughs> yeah. that's the truth though yeah. isn't it yeah, that's yeah. what you are it's just something about like, like a common thread if there is one between maybe the counties that you listed there that are worst affected is that like um, you know depending on like season to season the absolute limit for them would be if you're talking maybe Cavan, Leash and Clare what's that like a place in the Super 8 is the absolute height of their ambitions yeah. maybe a divisional title so if they were to really weigh it up realistically at the start of the year they're thinking right I'm putting all this time in and my season is probably going to be over by the middle of June now that's like you should really have a more optimistic outlook than that but realistically over the course of a number of seasons that's how it's going to go that's why that's why I thought that like you could never I thought 10 seasons back to back is completely unsustainable for mid range counties if you're not yeah. regularly competing but then maybe you think that you know you can't go more than two that's that that, that sounds even more alarming than I had thought, I, I, thought, I, yeah, thought it would I, be I don't think they, it's to the same extent in hurling because every hurling team in the country has a chance to win something in the summer every single one has some yeah. chance of getting to an All-Ireland semi-final you've the the, senior, the All-Ireland series you've the Joe McDonough Christy Ring and Nicky Rackard so they're all fighting for something they're training now with a view of saying we're in the mix you know what I mean we might play in Croke Park if we get to a final we might do something Gaelic football doesn't have that for now so I think maybe a pro of the the tier 2 might I don't know might stop this lads it might Niall Murphy from Sligo he's a new one and like he's a great player for Sligo he says one thing that does frustrate me is the length of the season we're in a county final at the end of October and Sligo are getting together and that, sh- uh, that shows you it's a 12 month season it's crazy that would annoy me a little bit the seasonal calendar itself isn't right and if you had that definite two month break you might not see as many drop out he's blaming it on the season we're speculating it might be the commitment levels I suppose every player's backstory is different 
yeah. every county's up, chances are different it just seems as the spread of players and the spread of counties this year just uh, the ones I read out now are just a selection it's it's affecting most counties outside the All-Ireland contenders at senior at, at the top level yeah and I would say in fairness to football there, there's more counties that you'll look into with regards that you would with hurling yeah true like, but I would actually agree with Niall Murphy I think if you had a clear end and a clear off season then I think it would be a lot easier mentally to go away from it and then come back because 31 hours is a lot but you can't not do that anymore like that's never going to come back down as depressing as it is it's like the winter training ban people aren't going to stop training because they know the training is going to get them better so these counties are rolling on with or about these players because they know that they have to do this work so I think if you had a proper season then that, that's probably your best bet yeah it, it, it's, 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 it's depressing when you say we can't come back from the 31 hours <laughs> unless when they go back to their clubs in the April that they're you know they're the same commitments not being asked of them but then again they might fall behind and mm. then the county manager is going to be monitoring them I think that's 31 hours is too much lads it's too mm. much for anyone who wants a career oh yeah yeah, yeah completely agree like I, I when I think you said is there more of is there not more of an uproar about this I think there has been a bit more uproar and there's more knowledge you know there's more awareness that this is of the dropout this year than there has been in previous years but I think what will happen is the league is going to start in a couple of weeks time we're going to forget it and park it again till the end of the season next yeah. season when we bring up the same issues all over again and Kieran Malloy is facing another <laughs> if he hasn't finished college at that stage yeah. it's I, another fixture clash it's the truth though with the uproar about the RSI report how did that like re- do regular GA fans care about what they're putting in or do they want I, I think like as a inter-county fan you're probably going well I want them to do that because I want my, I don't see any sympathy with ordinary GA fans for inter-county players it's almost like I don't want to use indentured slaves but it's like I'll let them do it well if they're mm. doing it I want them to do it I don't think there's any you don't stop and think about hang on a minute that's a bit much no it's like you're selfishly again going I want them to do it because I want us to win yeah do you know what I mean? It's almost like they have to do it, and if they're not doing it, I'll, if I see one of them in a pub, I'll be I'll be ringing. <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you, yeah. it's like yeah. it's yeah. like you you, you yeah. look at the county lads like they're your property or something. Mm, you only play county, and it's not? hard to break that away. Yeah, do you want to do it? Because I tell you one thing, I give my left arm to do it. But, do you know this attitude? I hate it. You get that at the club as well. Like you know, people who don't play expect the club players to put in that effort, not the same amount of effort. And I think there's just probably realism. Most GA fans are people who have played or are playing and they know you have to do a lot of work and nobody's going to sort of say do less work and you'll get better Yeah, it's a hard sort of sell Yeah, no it definitely is Audra McNeilish is the biggest uh, name from one of the All-Ireland competing counties he's not committed to Donegal and Donegal have uh, Declan Bonner was talking this week about the pre-season competitions so they, these are all clashing with the Sigerson Cup now um, and Sigerson Cup is knockout so they have to play the Sigerson Cup and the Fitzgibbon Cup so we have Declan Bonner complaining that there's 12 or 13 fellas playing Sigerson next next uh, Sunday that they won't be available and you have Maddie Kenny um, with the Dublin Hurlers saying we had a tw- we had 24 of a panel against Carlo and with the Fitzgibbon starting next Sunday there'll be a clash there that would mean 14 or 15 of those guys will be gone next weekend but look I'm sure it's the same for every county so why on earth these are clashing <laughs> These pre-season are a waste of of time and they're causing problems and I don't know. It, it must be something to do. I, I just don't get it. It just seems like such the obvious easy thing to relieve January and let these all these... Look how many inter-county players are playing Sigerson and Fitzgibbon. Let them play it without any messing mm. of this. And let the other... Let the counties play behind doors closed... Behind closed doors challenge matches and prepare for the league. How simple is that? Seems so logical. Mention Kieran Malloy, uh, lads. He obviously has that issue. JD Devenny and Kevin Maher, two Boris Ali players, two of the young lads. JD Devenny obviously is a rise, the two of them are rising stars. They played schools for Our Ladies of Temple Moor and they beat Turles uh, CBS yesterday. So that is on the Tuesday before they play an All Ireland uh, club final. Well, it's outside the 10 day rule, I suppose, but. Um, I don't think Johnny Kelly the Boris Lee manager was too happy about them playing he tried to pull them tried to get the school not to play them but I suppose the two young fellas when you're in school that's of very high importance to you so I'm sure the two yeah. young lads wanted to play the school held firm and says no they're playing and they played the Venny scored a last minute goal to win the game for them and Kevin Maher was brilliant at centre half back so <laughs> he cleared the ball down to him apparently as well did yeah, so good, good job they did play the two of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. so moving on here lads everyone's because I mentioned this at the start of the show I'm so disappointed with this and I want to distance myself from this advance mark because everyone's given out about it. First when it was proposed as the 21 metre line 
there was universal approval of this there was no issue with this advanced mark but I think people were looking forward to it everyone was giving out about the three hand passes as one of those rules that just can't happen and nobody had a bad word to say about, about the advanced mark then they go and move it out to the 45 metre line we've talked about this before instead of it being inside the 21 kicked outside the 45 where referees have massive help as in there's your 20 metres there's your two lines how easy is this to adjudicate now referees have to guess what's 20 metres like it freeze you go back 13 metres in their head they would know 13 metres now they have to judge while play is going at a hectic pace where, and as a forward is running towards the ball closing down the space like the distance they have to judge is that 20 metres as two players are actually run, coming closer and closer together they have to judge was it 20 metres from when it was kicked and when your man finally catches it it's just too much referees are giving out about it um, managers are giving out about it players are giving out about it David Goff um, said the added difficulty is that when we're asked as referees to judge on 13 metres the ball is always stationary there's another point whereas it'll be moving when judging 20 metres it's really really difficult I can see the important decisions being made by referees which would be shown to be incorrect on TV when they take out their arrow and measuring tape that's it will like that's very obvious that the Sunday game will become obsessed with was this 20 metres that that free won the game and it wasn't even 20 metres why do we need this why do we need this and then Connor Lane is complaining about it it's a bit awkward at one stage a Clare fella caught a ball for an offensive mark I blew the whistle as I'm now directed to he stopped and dead did, and dead did nothing his teammates told him to pop his hand which he did and then the next thing a Limerick player complained that it shouldn't be up to me to help the Clare fella in, take, in taking a point by blowing the whistle so do you follow all that whether I read it clearly or not so he's saying that he's supposed to blow the whistle because the mark is there but if some players aren't putting their hand up in time and it looks like the referee is telling him to take the mark now that's something that needs to be ironed out anyways like when players get um, more accustomed to the mark they'll know to put their hand up um, a lot sooner and the mark will be blown or whatever but that would be an issue inside the 21 anyway but then again when you kick a long ball outside the 45 into the 21 there's a good chance if this caught cleanly it's going to be taken as a mark because play on you know isn't as much of an option so there's a lot of people worried Ryan McManaman said the offensive mark has proven <coughs> troublesome the refs don't understand it the players don't understand it this is the second week in a row there's been problems with it um, Tomas O'Shea has been was or tweeted he said said it before and do genuinely think we have completely deluded our game with this once teams get into what's once teams get into it it's going to change things there's no need the game's fine without it we're now giving f- forwards freeze for catching the ball that's a point we've made here but it is interesting what he says once teams get into it it's going to change things so probably this year lads we won't see much difference with this attacking mark until some tactical uh, manager like a Jim McGuinness comes along and goes lads we're going to pick a full forward line out near the 45 all shooters and ye get free and we're going to ping a tee and don't play on and now we have now we have a game that doesn't resemble Gaelic football do you know what I mean that's the danger in my and I know I'm given a doomsday scenario which which uh, I give out to you for doing Conor <laughs> but at the same time like of course managers are going to start figuring out ways to this is a free kick why not get your Donny Kingstons your Michael Murphys your Donny Shines your you know the bigger fellas that are accurate and place them inside the 45 and start getting free kicks all over the place and then mm. the game is not Gaelic football that's and, a worry and every single player who isn't our best player or two of our best players and you just stop when you win it because we don't want you taking any risks you just take a free oh yeah and, and, that, and, they, and they, they brought it out to 15 seconds to take 15 it. seconds <laughs> like, and that, that's David Goff and Conor Lane you're two all-earned final referees from yeah. 2019 now like that's, that's, that is a warning signal right yeah and then there was two incidents just off the back of what McManaman was saying the players and refs don't understand it last night in the Derry game um, Chrissy Bradley from Sock Neil w- won a mark but he played on and he shot and he scored and the ref pulled it back so the ref didn't seem to to understand it and it caused a bit of an uproar and there was a hot ball nobody knew why then Michael Carroll the other end for Donegal caught a lovely mark and he stopped but then the ref gave a free out because it was a free kick that was kicked down to him and you can't win a mark from a free kick right so he didn't understand it as a player the ref didn't understand the first one so that's the first couple of weeks but it's just yeah. a bit of a mess no, it's a, the game's too dynamic to be slowing it down with this too far out the field like we said inside the 21 it adds a bit of drama to the game it, it, it keeps defenders honest inside it means you have to pressurise the ball further out the field for the fear that you're going to give them a lovely easy kick mm. in and a fetch 
And I think traditionalists love the odd long ball into the edge of square and seeking someone catch it. That's what the init- That's what the original idea was. Why did they change it? And uh, it's gone from being a popular root- rule change to a, a massively unpopular one. Yeah, just the, the the things you're on about there, with the mistakes that happened last night, and with Connor Lane, for example, I think they can be. They can this be rule out. is going to have teething problems. You know, they can be ironed out with fairly, you know, fairly clear, you know, introductions to the rule book that you have to do this or this has to happen. I think. I think teething problems like that are just inevitable. even practice yeah but it's just what David Goff then mentioned it's the judging of this arbitrary distance of 20 metres when the yeah. ball like the, he mentioned 13 metres there at the moment that's for a free that's when the ball is stopped when you're trying to judge all that while trying to keep an eye on everything while the game is moving and like it's not as if it's a 20 metres kicked in a straight line it can be a diagonal ball that goes across the pitch yeah. you know, so there's so much to kind of keep an eye on I think that's where it's going to that's where it's going to you know create real problems and as you said the Sunday game will be doing that because it'll be what everybody is talking about anyway the Sunday game won't be saying oh that was only 90 metres it'll be because everybody after the game is like oh he gave that free you know he gave yeah. that free or he gave that mark and it was only 18 metres or something and it makes it so hard on the referees my issue with it is um, I think you kind of alluded to it there is that when you bring it outside the 21 is that like it just like I was even like Carfin weren't brilliant on uh, Saturday but the, there was a couple of moves where they had like long balls into space and it was real fluid movement and the, the move never stopped do you know what I mean yeah. and that 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 type of pass is coached where it bounce in, bounces into a forward on the move who can then turn or take on his man whereas now I'd be I'd be afraid that as you said that it'll be coached to kick it directly to a man that he can catch it without having to move and then it's just it's all stop start as opposed to, as, to, as opposed to it being fluid so yeah. I don't know like I, I'm going to reserve judgement on these things when I see them but the more I think about it the more concerned I am the more concerned I am and like you said with the 13 metre freeze lads and that's stationary <laughs> how many times have you seen a referee actually count them out and they're way in further than 13 <laughs> metres do you know what I mean yeah. and, and yeah. most of the time they wouldn't be 13 metres and that's from a stationary uh, position one it's guy's 20 metres will be another guy's 30 metres that's, yeah. that's the problem it depends how the rest feel and I also feel outside of the, the technicalities of it it's just did we need a rule like this maybe the the, the original Woolly Mark he's taken your name and they've smeared it with this. <laughs> but they, that would have been a bit of excitement like put it in the mixer and see what happens like you know and it wouldn't have affected the overall no, game it, it might happen three or four times a half it, m- Three times a half, it would have rewarded a big catch in a tight area, exactly. and like yeah, and you wouldn't have gotten the sh- Shea wouldn't have got the shit kicked out of him. He would have won a free. There you go, yeah, and you'd be re- rewarded for getting it in there, and you would see more kicking in there, yeah. and that would be it. But 2019, I think, was the first time since 2011 where we came off a season and nobody was crying about the game because yeah. people started to realize like if you're playing 15 behind the ball, you're a dinosaur, you're losing, you're getting relegated. So people had started to move away from that. It was the first time where we weren't crying about the how the game was being played as much. Yeah, it was just all about the fixtures and everything else. But we seem to be moving on somewhere, and then this is just a drastic change from it all. Look, look at look at all the successful teams this year, right? So look at the club uh, finalists: Curraghfin and Kilku. Curraghfin's game plan is kicking. Kilku's is to get it into Conor Laverty and let him run off it it's a kicking game plan as well now they do drop men back but it, they, they play a nice brand of football because they mix it up look who won the Connacht title Ross Common kick it in two man full forward line who won uh, who won Munster and Ross Common are no heavyweights who won uh, Munster Kerry kicking team Leinster Dublin kicking team uh, Ulster Donegal kicking a lot more actually they're mixing it up nicely as well teams that are not kicking are not successful so the game had been introducing kicking a little bit more kicking now the kicking is going to be rewarded by stopping the game (laughs) you know that's disappointing now now it was brought in before we had a great championship last year but it's disappointing and I hate being a doomsday a a doomsdayer because I always my attitude is to let's see how this how this works out and I'm sure this year it could work out fine because pa- players won't take marks because they haven't had enough time to practice mm. it they might actually take more marks it's what happens in two years time or three years time when this mark becomes part of training and some manager comes out with a great tactic and it's copied and now you know what I mean what yeah. do you do then you scrap it and that's kind of that's kind of it gone anyways lad you could talk about that all day mm. Um, Leach Camogie um, is in the news headlines lads they're not going to feel the team this year which is a really strange one they've an, in, they've an intermediate um, team um, in a statement the Leach Camogie board said following an executive meeting held on Monday whatever it's with great regret the Leach Camogie are not in a position to feel an intermediate team for 2020 competitions due to unavailability of players so last Friday night five players retired um, and they reckon they didn't have enough they didn't have enough uh, players to to play this year but 
Camros girls who had been playing right up until last November they hadn't committed and my information is every January in Leash Camogie they're struggling for players and they eventually start coming back so the girls that didn't retire or were and are, were inv- are involved and want to play Camogie are going to take this a bit further send Croke Park an email criticising the Leash County Board for pulling this team way too fast without trying to find a solution to it so this story isn't going to isn't going to finish because if they're given it a little bit more time the manager jacked it in then um, that they would have had the cameras girls back and the minors were good last year get a few of them in my information is this this was done way too way too quickly altogether without giving it enough uh, without giving it enough mediation and that the girls that want to play and now can't play are not one bit happy about it so it's a weird one yeah you can, I don't think you can just pull a team like get, get a new manager in yeah and let him or her try and pick a team and yeah it's weird that they just decide that they don't have enough players yeah, <laughs> get a manager and let them decide. Well, go to the clubs and say have whole trials. Yeah, and say okay, well those girls don't want to play, but I'm sure there's plenty of yeah. club play, club players that would be delighted to take. And maybe we might not be as good as we were last year, but we have an intermediate team to <laughs> yeah. field. Very unusual just to scrap a team altogether. But my information is that this was just an easy option, and maybe I don't know, probably save some money if you don't have a team. Sounds like one of those projects and work where if it's fallen through, you're sort of like, ah, does it really matter if it doesn't go ahead? Like, you know, this is the leash, a kamugi yeah, thing. We can't yeah. do it with that. Look. Coming off a bad year, I thought it was a strange one. All right, we'll leave it there, lads, because I was in Croke Park this morning and I was talking to Connor Cox. He was at the launch of the Alliance Leagues. Um, Alliance are in their 28th year of sponsoring the Alliance Leagues, which is the longest running sponsorship in Irish sports. So we'll talk to Connor Cox next. <laughs> he gave me back then was we were in the Glenroy on a night out and he, I'd never met him before and he put his arm around me and he said you won't go too far wrong if you win the ball and give it to me I said alright well okay that's great advice yeah, it was <laughs> for you So I'm here in Croke Park with Connor Cox. He's a man that is from Kerry. He plays with Roscommon and he lives in Leitrim. That's so it. That's yeah, a nice yeah, yeah. Uh, tongue twister. <laughs> <laughs> Keep your mind going. Yeah. How's things? You're back training. You're, you have a good year to build on from last year. Yeah, yeah. We're um, we're back now the last few weeks. Um, I suppose a few fellas maybe still doing a bit of rehab and that. But no, yeah, we're out in the field now the last few weeks and it's been very enjoyable. Yeah. So come here. I always want to ask you, like, how what's it like playing for Roscommon? Like, because you're from Kerry, which is the kingdom. It's like the the, the most successful county in the whole country so I'm sure you always dreamed of playing with Kerry what's it like playing with another county? Um, I suppose the move itself has been seamless enough um, just with the, the panel of players that are in Roscommon and the management and I suppose the people in general there have been very um, friendly and uh, I suppose nice to me so that, that makes it all, all the more easy but um, yeah no it's been seamless enough to be honest yeah I'm enjoying every minute of it Yeah and is it weird watching Kerry then in the All-Ireland because they're your rivals now they're not your county anymore right? Yeah I was actually at both um, All-Ireland finals this year now supporting them and hoping that they would get over the line but unfortunately uh, they didn't but I'm sure look they'll come back bigger, better and stronger next year Yeah so I wanted to ask you quickly about Kerry when you were down there because we, in every county there's players that are good enough and for whatever reason maybe they don't fancy by a manager and then another manager comes in and then they get their chance you know yeah. like with you you played minor you're on minor panels you played two year under 21 you were outstanding for UCC but you never got over the line with the seniors yeah I suppose that was it um, <clears throat> at the time um, uh, I suppose everyone has di- different opinions about everything isn't, isn't that the way that the world works really yeah. so I uh, know it didn't work out with me with Kerry but um, look I'm delighted to be at Roscommon now and I'm looking forward to the future of playing with Roscommon too Yeah so how look I mean just thinking back from your situation that like there's not much more you can do you're one of the best players for UCC you're going well with the Kerry under 21s like how frustrated are you when you're down in Kerry and you're not getting in and you get a league game and you, you do alright you score pretty well and then you don't get another one like are you having conversations with him Fitzmaurice or do you think about playing with Roscommon like what's going on in your head at that um, stage no actually funny enough as you said there I, at the time I had so much football going on with UCC my club were very strong at, the, at that time and I had field rangers district so I suppose I didn't really have time to think about anything else other than just go out and play all the games and do my best on the day and uh 
yeah, look, for whatever reason, didn't work out with Kerry, but as I said, I'm really enjoying it now at Roscommon and looking forward to the future. Yeah, oh, and I suppose with Roscommon, the first year with Roscommon, like, I mean, this fairy tale stuff, really, how well it went for you personally and for Roscommon. Yeah, yeah, it was, um, it, it was a, a reasonably good year, uh, I feel, for Roscommon. Um, I think the target of maybe getting to an All-Ireland semi-final, it didn't work out for us in the end, but uh, it's definitely, um, we've a very competitive uh, national or Alliance League to look forward to. Um, and then uh, that will hopefully lead nicely into championship this year but again it's just to improve on last year um, it might sound cliche or something but there's definitely things that we need to improve on too to, to make the, the group stronger Yeah, I suppose like I mean it didn't get much media attention the game in Cork because you were both out yeah. that was a big win for you I suppose psychologically for yeah, yourself Yeah it was it was in fairness now, and as you said look both of us are out but it was important for us Cavan to get a win in the Super 8s um, the year before that they, they weren't so lucky I think they were, it was new, they were new to the whole thing and maybe caught a little off guard but um, yeah no definitely uh, we, we targeted the Cork game um, as soon as the Dublin game was finished here and uh, we were delighted to get the win Yeah and I suppose you're competitive against Tyrone as well Yeah that was it I suppose um, Tyrone probably had a bit more experience on the day but it's definitely something that we, we'll try and learn from for, yeah. for this year and the years to come what, what, Were you surprised when you got the call off Anthony Cunningham? Uh, I suppose I was, yeah. Did you um, put feelers out at all? <laughs> no, I don't. Maybe my dad did, alright. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not too sure, but uh, no, I was delighted. I actually didn't have the number, obviously, you know, when it came in, so I, was, I think it was a Tuesday evening. I was like, who's this number ringing me after a hard day's work? But uh, no, I was delighted to get the call, and Anthony is. He's so friendly and he's, uh, yeah. he's just such a good man-manager, so um, it was a seamless conversation and he just, I suppose, asked me would I be interested and I jumped at the opportunity. And when you, you jumped at the opportunity, you came up and you walked into the dressing room for the first time. What was that like? Yeah, I was small but apprehensive right? <laughs> to drive down. There was no eye contact, it was head to yeah, the ground. Yeah, yeah, head to the, t- head to the ground and just hoping please don't be a running session. But uh, no, no, it's been seamless enough. The lads are sound, like uh, all the players. and. I suppose um, I have great memories from the first year, but I've also made some great friends too. And so whose seat did you sit in the first night you went in? Everyone has their spot in the dressing room. I yeah. think it was David Clifford said he sat in Gooch's seat the first time he came <laughs> okay. in. He didn't really realise. Yeah, yeah, I sat in uh, Conor Daly's spot and I'm still there. That's so dangerous. He, he hasn't been able to move me yet. <laughs> Come here, watching you on the field, you don't lack confidence. You know, have you always been like that? Like, you kind of have a shoot-on-sight policy. Yeah, I suppose... Um, I put in a lot of practice um, and if I feel that there's a shot on I'll go for it but if I suppose there's a man in a better position I'll, I'll, I'll try and get it in but definitely yeah, I have like as you said confidence or whatever you want to call it maybe just I have a lot of years of uh, hard work put under my belt so I know what I can and can't do in a field maybe yeah you back yourself because like I mean yeah. usually the way Roscommon play you're in a two man full forward line and when you get it like you're the chief scorer so I suppose the responsibility for yeah, you yeah I suppose that's it really inside full forward line you're, you are kind of responsible for scoring but I suppose at the same time the way the game has changed you have, there's a lot more attributes to it now like tracking back and there's cornerbacks out there on the pitch that would be scoring you know probably a good few points a year so you have to try and keep an eye on them too at the same time but as you said look if you're a forward you're responsible to score what do you like with that though the, the tracking back and stuff because let's be honest you don't want to do that if we're being honest like you'll do it but why should you have to do it you, I was watching a show with Gary Neville and Wayne Rooney the other night and yeah. Wayne Rooney said when Ronaldo got really good with United he says I used to do his work that's Wayne Rooney yeah. because he said I wanted him fresh to be able to win the game but in the GA yeah, yeah, it seems to be sense. everyone even the scorers have to track yeah yeah I suppose, yeah. I'm trying to make a case for you no. not to have to try. <laughs> I get it. Um, yeah, I suppose um, just you are responsible for the person you're marking whether we're whether on the field. And if I'm standing full forward line there and I see my man go down the field and kick a point and he's jogging up and the crowd are giving him yeah, yeah. and all that, it's not great for me. But yeah, look, I suppose you're just responsible for your own man as far as... Yeah. But it's heartbreaking because a lot of the cornerbacks are only their only purpose in doing that is to pull you out and make you tired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I've, they're I've trying to do. I've learned the hard way there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I suppose you do. But I mean, like, fair enough. If if you have extra bodies around the middle, maybe you can pass them on to somebody else. Yeah, yeah. Um, but is it important the odd time to pass them off? Because oh like, yeah, I, mean, I, I personally think it is because, as you said yourself, you don't want a, a corner forward or full forward down the other side of the field. Now, I, um, I personally don't have a problem doing it, or I'm sure other inside forwards don't. But like you said, yeah, if you could pass them on, it's, it is the, the better situation, I suppose, for you. Yeah, we mentioned your confidence at kicking points. The point in the Connacht final, we gave you credit for meaning it off the outside of the <laughs> left. I'm pretty sure you're claiming it. Um, and the Smith was at the back post, but in your defence, I watched it a few times, you never looked across. You didn't know he was there, so you did mean it, right? Uh, yeah, I suppose. Um, I haven't actually, maybe I saw it a few days after the game, but I haven't really seen it since. But from what I can remember, I think um, I was doubled up on, I think uh, it was a Peter Cook came back to double up and I just kind of said, well, I can't go out there because I'll get caught for overcarrying or whatever. So there was nothing else on, so I, 
I went for it and thank God it went over but I suppose like on another day it probably would have gone away. Well I think you tried it against Tyrone again did you? Um, can't remember that. Something no. similar. Something <laughs> okay, similar. Fair I think. Enough. But I, I think sometimes there is a reluctance and this is why it works well for you that when you recycle it the attack is nearly gone then because the, the other team will have bodies back. Like yeah, when you get your ball in your hands in a two man full forward line and you get a good kick pass if you don't make something happen quickly yeah. you, the attack is it turns into a boar fest then you're heading back out to the yeah, front yeah, you, exactly. you have yeah. to make the, the, the attack count when you get it in your hands definitely yeah I suppose like when you do get the ball inside uh, 13 or 21 in the inside line I suppose your first thought maybe is can I get a score here can I create something um, and like you said if you don't do one of those things in the first few seconds I mean there's bodies coming back and you'll you'll have to go around and wrap again. But I suppose, look, that's, there's, there's an enjoyment side aspect of that too, that if you get a score after going around and back over again, it maybe puts a bit of seed of doubt in, in the opponents after having right. a number of people back and you still manage to get a point so, or a goal. Um, but yeah, I suppose look, it works, works both ways. So we all know your role when, when you're waiting for the kick pass and you get out and win it in front and hopefully you get a score. So then, say if you recycle it and all the bodies are back, where does it, how do you change your role then? Do you go back inside and you know, uh, do you try to buzz around or try to find a loop? Or, you yeah, know? I suppose you just try and buzz around and wherever you can see space. If there is space there, try and get into it. And I think it's important too to always have uh, maybe one or two bodies um, inside. Around, to uh, keep it in there, yeah. Exactly, yeah, to keep the sweep, sweepers uh, occupied, I suppose, and keep them, keep them busy that they're thinking about the goals. Maybe you might get a shot out here then. But yeah, I suppose that's it really, just patience with the... Uh, when, defences are flooded just patience and try and carve something open yeah, yeah. so Dermot Murta is out this year he's a, that's a huge blow for you uh, I'm not actually 100% sure about that I think been uh, reported he's, that he's taken the year out yeah I, I, I heard that right it's just uh, I think Dermot has um, had a bad few injuries um, especially it was I there um, last year so he might be doing a small bit of rehab I'm not 100% sure to be honest ok right yeah. I, 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 I thought he wasn't but maybe it's not 100% sure yeah, you, you yeah. know off the WhatsApp group better than me <laughs> <laughs> so but like I mean what do you make of all these players from different counties uh, the reports are there are 60 different players I'm sure yeah, it I wouldn't be in your head now you're like you're this is unbelievable when your first few years you're proving yourself and it's all exciting but yeah. do you see the commitment levels like as being a little bit over the top or are you kind um, of happy to do it? Yeah look I suppose if, if somebody does choose to take a year out and go travelling or wherever it may be um, you can't really you know be, be, be mad at them or anything like yeah. that because uh, like at the end of the day we're all amateurs we all have our day jobs um, we all might want to have gone travelling at some stage I've personally done my travelling so I'm happy enough with it to, to leave it at that but yeah. some people might not be as fortunate as me they might have been busy with their jobs and maybe they just get the odd year a bit of free spare time at work so I mean everybody's story is different so um, yeah look if, I suppose if a player makes a decision you can't really have, there's no hard feelings there do you know yeah I mentioned that you're a confident player I really enjoyed your interview after the Mayo game because the Sky reporter was trying to push you for a certain answer he was like could you believe that a day like this would ever come when you transferred to Roscommon and you were like yeah I could actually <laughs> they're a super A team you know this yeah, is exactly yeah. what I transferred for yeah I suppose for. look you, you, you don't start out in December and January to play these big games and let let a team you know walk all over you bully you you go every game to win every team in the country does that so um, definitely yeah look I'm I'm not here to you know to be training away and yeah. hoping to do something I want to win every game as is every other player so um, that's a carry attitude though that's just in you isn't it because I, I don't know sure. I think it is like I mean you wouldn't it would be obscene for a Kerry inter-county player not to think they're going to win something or to be to be happy with a first round win. Yeah, yeah. I'm not too sure about that, Naholi. I think that if you are playing the game, you know, you're going to be some bit competitive and competitive in your own personal life. So nobody likes to lose. We know that. So yeah. uh, definitely, yeah, yeah. We'll, this year, now we'll try and get a few more wins on the belt, hopefully. Clear. have you done much work on the advance marker? What do you think of this whole thing? Um, so, yeah, as I said, we're only back training a few weeks, but, um, yeah, we suppose, like anything, in Roscommon, we would encourage um, the kick pass. You do a that, lot, That's yeah. the way we like to play, so it wouldn't... I don't think it will change much, much in our game style, but, um, yeah, if it encourages the kick, I mean, you know yourself when you're watching games, teams that kick the ball, um, they're better spectacles to watch the better yeah. games to watch and well they're the successful teams are kicking it more, yeah right? I agree I agree yeah definitely and uh, again it makes the spectators better viewing for them so yeah, yeah. I would encourage kick pass yeah. the, the danger is that it's going to slow down the game that marks will be taken just inside the 45 and that's what a lot of people are thinking that when coaches start getting the grips with it and maybe start using tactics which just have lads planted to get marks yeah. that the, the, the game will completely change yeah yeah I suppose you'll have to work the scoreboard too because you know if there's maybe 10 minutes to go you're five or six points down you're probably thinking we might need a goal here so you might have to move it on fast but 
Uh, yeah, look, I, I suppose, look, it's, it's, on a tr- it's, it's in now, so you have to deal with it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just I, I don't think it'll make much difference uh, change-wise. Maybe, as you said, if a player wants to take his point, there might actually be a goal on, so it'll be getting used to that maybe. But other than that, I think personally it encourages the kick pass, so I hope it's a good thing. Yeah, it sounds like a good thing. What's a good year for us, Common, just to finish up? Uh, a good year for us, Common, is to improve on last year. Um, I think in the Allianz League this year, uh, it's going to be very, very competitive so we just want to start off well in that and hopefully the graph keep rises through yeah. here you might lose your first one <laughs> <laughs> thanks very much no really. thanks very much alright we'll be back with some more news I, I remember my mother Lord Emerson as she's dead she's 8 years this year she never saw me holding life but she always went to the matches to the hotel the two finals and we got off the bus after the first one and the first person to meet me was my mother and she said, look, what's meant to be is meant to be. She said, keep the head up. I said, grand. No matter, man. Thanks. 96, back to the hotel again. First person <laughs> off the bus, my mother. She says, ah, look, what's meant to be? I said, man, will you give it a fucking ride? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, interesting that Conor Cox doesn't share our negative views on the events, Mark. Jack McCaffrey um, hates it. Most players that I've been reading hates it. Conor Cox obviously thinks that it'll encourage more kicking and it, it will encourage more kicking, but what will result in the catches is maybe what I suppose Conor Cox isn't going to complain. He gets a free <laughs> shot of the goals and he's lethal accurate, so... I can understand where he's coming from. Yeah, kick the bloody thing into me. (laughs) Get it in. So the GEA and the GPA are in talks, lads. Uh, Just briefly want to mention this. So the the last deal they did was from 2016 to 2019. So they've gone past the deadline for that. So they're in no man's land at the moment. They they haven't struck a no deal. They're at a bit of a standoff. Um, The roadblock looks like the GPA want more money and the GEA don't want to give it to them. Um, so as it stands now they're on this, the old deal the old deal just rolls over until they can negotiate a new deal so it's interesting just to keep your eye keep your eye on that now, would, do you think a, a day would ever come where the GPA separate themselves from the GEA and go out and get their own commercial revenue like the, to be honest they went in under the GEA's umbrella back when the recession hit and they actually had no way of funding themselves now that the economy has turned around maybe they could go out and get their own sponsors maybe and do their own fundraising and then be a proper Union again wouldn't that be great I think just get them out of there because a lot of the criticism the GPA face is from Joe Brawley and Colin O'Rourke and go this isn't what amateur association is about they're taking too much money I've no problem with all the money they're taking because it goes for good it goes Mm. for good causes my issues with the GPA is that they're not uh, rebel force anymore and they don't hold the GA to account on enough things because they're inside pull them outside get your own funding take the 15% of the revenue like you're doing which a union um, is entitled to and start rattling a few bloody cages wouldn't yeah. that be fantastic and if that happened I'll start paying my membership again <laughs> <laughs> are, are they entitled to just take the 15% of revenue as uh, as you said That's if standard they for the, a union they stand- from the GA right well, like, I mean, it's either that or we pull our players. Oh, right. What okay. do you want? Yeah, well, fair enough, fair it's 15% better, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> 85% better than nothing. Yeah, that's true, it's true. I was about to say, like, I, the militant yeah. is probably the wrong no, but, word. But, but that's only of commercial revenue. Yeah, of course. Now. That's not of, I think they should take actual attendance revenue as well. Right. Um, I think John Horn mentioned that. He, he gave an interview, I think it was on the All-Stars Tour. He was a bit, it was a bit prickly towards, you know, he was saying that there was a roadblock It was very difficult. Um, he, he, I think he had a pop at the um, the Super 11s, the, the the hurling game that they do play abroad as well, and I had a couple of had a couple of pops of what yeah. Paul Flynn was saying about the tier two. So, I'd say that um, GBR and I wouldn't militant is probably the wrong word, but they're definitely getting a bit more kind of yeah. stronger, kind of you know Flynn um, is, making their voice heard under Paul Flynn. Don't you, don't to say teams reflect their manager. The GPA yeah, yeah. now is reflecting a combative Paul Flynn. That's the way I look at it. He's not really standing for it. Like I mean, and that has to be a good thing for any union, right? Yeah, and that's the interesting thing. It's like if they're part of the GA, then it seems hard for them to rattle cages like you want to do. Really, but if they're going to be part of it and rattle cages like they start, they're starting to do. Then are the GA going to be like piss off? Like you know, we're not giving you a new deal until you get your sort of until you just 
clip your wings a little yeah. bit and that wouldn't be a good deal for the GEA because the GEA's great deal was bringing them in silencing them yeah. plow-mossing yeah. them giving them some money and saying oh, well that's that big problem because the GPA were a big big problem for the GEA they mm. were and now they're not a big problem but now if the GPA are rattling cages from inside if the GEA say right go on forget about that money the GPA could go right well we'll stand on our own two feet don't expect the league to start next year until we (laughs) (laughs) yeah do you know what I mean like I I think the GPA have have the G over a barrel they're the cash cow they're the massive revenue generator the inter-county players are and like I mean that's the reality of it but just before we left for Christmas lads because we did two pre-records the GPA and the CPA released a joint statement and I'm so happy with this because we said this on the show loads of times and I've said this in private to uh, CPA members I said you're at nothing without the GPA you're at nothing without them they are club players too they're not the enemy they are the cash cow they hold more clout than ye don't have an us versus ye with GP and CPA come together because this the championship structure is something that affects everybody and the two unions coming together I was so I was thrilled to see the the, the joint statement from, from both of them agreeing on a number of, of points that uh, that both unions are in agreement on and are in agreement with a lot of different points so it was fantastic to see that yeah it really was and and I think you're, you're right like the CPA and GPA they need each other yeah. especially, especially now like they can disagree on different things because they are comp- competing with each other too but they are, on championship structures they're, they're, they're together on that of course mm. like, and that's the big thing like, we always talk like, there's so many problems in the GA but the big thing is that you know the season's going from January to <laughs> well the next March or whatever <laughs> yeah, yeah. so they do need to get together and start that out and especially you now if the GPA I'd say that's probably where the standoff is now I don't know but between the GA and the GPA it seems like the GPA are trying to sort of sort of strong arm the GA and the GA are probably trying to do that because they're paying the GPA so the GPA makes a lot of sense to start acquiring friendships outside of the GA yeah. no it definitely does and the CPA have a lot more public uh, sympathy than the GPA so they need they actually kind of benefit mutually benefit each other yeah. don't they so like I mean I'm not going to read out all the points that they that they uh, agree on because it's online and it's kind of old enough news so we'll leave it at that other than the fact that this is a great development again that they've come they've come together lads I want to before we finish I want to talk about two more three more things we're going to talk about Galway we're going to talk about Mayo with you Connor and we're going to talk about Derry with oh, you yeah. but first you know I've got a huge interest in Galway football I, I predicted a <laughs> big things for them um, they have a new manager now who I love anyone doesn't love Porrick Joyce is a weirdo as far as I'm concerned <laughs> they don't love Gaelic football if they don't love Porrick Joyce he'd a few int- they've picked a team for the Mayo semi-final in the FBD Cup now I don't comment on FBD or Burn Cup I just refuse to do it but at the same time there was a few uh, positional uh, uh Selections that I thought were interesting. So he's played Gary O'Donnell, usual wing back at full back. Now he's probably experimenting, but a couple I thought was interesting. Johnny Heaney, yeah, who's played wing forward a lot. Now wing forward, wing back, maybe more wing back. He's playing cornerback. And then I thought, it's Porrick Choice being really clever here. Because if you're being honest, every county in the country, I think every single one, except for maybe Dublin, is playing a two man full forward line. Right, so you're going to have one man spare. Why not have him a Johnny Heaney type player? You don't need a traditional three markers back there because one marker is yeah. not really going. You know, a Philly McMahon gets a lovely free roll. You know, look at Liam Silk from God, like Cara Finn. It makes sense to have a footballer in your full back line. Is Joyce thinking like this? If he is, brilliant. It's brilliant news for Galway. Uh, Eamon Brannigan, wing wing back, picked number five. He was wing forward. He could work there. And Killian McDade is picked. Uh, uh, wing back that's probably the most attacking defence I've seen from <laughs> Galloway in a long time I think we're going to see a new style of play uh, Shane Walsh is captain I think giving him that responsibility <coughs> is going to maybe bring him to a new a new level you see captain can either make or break you hopefully it'll make uh, Shane Walsh and he'll, he'll be even more of a leader I think he kind of start has started to be one of them and Paul Conroy's played corner forward now he'll probably come out around midfield or maybe he's in there for an attacking mark look I don't know. It's only the FBD Cup. It's only one team. I'm after reading it, and now I'm all excited about. <laughs> I'm all excited about Galway again. I think it's usually exciting if you are a Galway fan looking at that team and then thinking of the lads that have to come back in. You're thinking of Liam Silk, uh, Kieran Malloy from Carfin, yeah, uh, a couple of Farb, uh, Farber, Ian Burke, uh, Damien Coe. Jesus, I forgot about Damien Coe. <laughs> God, um, yeah. So look, it's obviously really exciting. And just Maybe to say, centre back. <laughs> just say about the FBD. I mean, like it, it's it, it's obviously nothing to write home about, whatever. But in the last few years 
years particularly just because of the the rivalry between Galway and Mayo has become so kind of keenly felt and like Galway held it over us for years even in the FPD in the last couple of years the Mayo simply couldn't beat them and we couldn't until we bet them down in Limerick last year so there has been an edge to these games and there will yeah. be an edge I'd say on Sunday as well but uh, Shane Welch of 14 I, I, I like I, it's a privilege to wear the number 14 in a team managed by Park Joyce but I would imagine that he'd come he'd eventually end up operating around 11 again I just I feel he needs to be involved in the game more than rather than having the having have him in the uh, full forward line yeah. I also thought that Paul Conroy could, would come out I, I know he could be in there for an advanced mark option but until I think Galway need to discover somebody else around the middle apart from uh, Flynn and O'Curran because it's, it's Peter been, Cook is gone he's yeah. one of the lads that's gone this year so that's yeah. a, he's, a, he's a big loss because yeah. Flynn and O'Curran are not a partnership that's going to guarantee a possession they're too easily bullied I yeah, think yeah Duggan has been around there uh, the, la- good. Last, the last couple of years as well but they did I, I don't know I just feel if, if, if it's going to be Flynn and O'Curran they need somebody else because they're not strong enough at the top level on their own as a midfield partnership yeah no I agree maybe Paul Conroy and Duggan might be I'd had Flynn O'Curran and nearly just have us coming in as a so anyways look we know they have unbelievable raw materials and now we ha- they have a manager that I'm sure will take them in a different direction than they were every team obviously has to work hard and get some bodies back but the focus on Galway seems to be more taking the game you know to the opposition and you know that's fantastic for, for me. can I try another three years I think so yeah. <laughs> the, the Galway Galacticals we, we'll score more than you okay Galway will win Galway will contest an all-earned final under Porrick Joyce is that a fair enough I, one? I, I think that's fair like if Dublin win the next three you can't see Galway beating Kerry or Dublin in the final if I won't excuse the Kerry one but if they get beat by Dublin in a final I'll let you ha- you'll have won it you'll okay. Won it. okay right yeah. okay alright okay all right. Right. under Porrick Joyce as opposed to a three year deadline under Porrick Joyce under Porrick Joyce. Joyce so if he does a Cody and goes on for 15 years you're, you're safe, <laughs> safe enough he won't go 15 years if he doesn't, he doesn't win get to a final <laughs> yeah true right so I'm winning it if he gets to a final alright before we go Kier McDonald's in as a coach what are we hearing out of Mayo Connor? are we hearing new faces um, Kier McDonald's involvement what are we hearing well here? there's a few there's a few new faces around the panel I suppose there had to be because because the, the likes of Andy uh, has left, Jerk Hafke has left. Uh, there's a bit of a shake-up in the backroom team as well. Uh, obviously, Kieran McDonald's in. Daniel Ford, who was in last year, is gone as well. I haven't heard a whole lot about uh, Kieran McDonald so far. It's it's, uh, it's not quite um, Dublin under Jim Gavin, but it's hard enough to get info the Mayo set up. But just even hearing little tidbits that uh, he is bringing kind of fresh ideas, I think uh, various new new drills and training and stuff like that. He was overseeing like a front and centre for a challenge match that, that, that Mayo played against NUIG on uh, Sunday as well, so I think I, I think it'll it'll bear out over the course of the league. We'll, we'll we'll start we'll start to see McDonald's influence, but I think it's clear like from from as as soon as he brought in that like the one thing that Mayo are probably lacking a little bit is that little bit of extra dimension in their forward line. So if he can and and like we're like when you you mentioned raw materials with Galway, like Mayo have they're not maybe blue chip forwards, but the likes of a lot of really good young talented players like James Carr Phil McDonough Kieran Tracy the, these likes so they're a bit raw at the moment so who better I suppose to, to polish that rough diamond than, than Kieran McDonald so uh, yeah it's just like uh, to uh, it, it, it's it's not really that hard to to to, to, to kind of emphasise his, his how you know the degree of reverence for him in Mayo but like you can just imagine going into a setup and if you're young forward and thinking that it's Kieran McDonald that's going to be mentoring me today or for the rest of the season yeah. it just must be such a huge boost for a lot of them in there at the moment be a good boost for them and it has to be said James Horn was no slouch on the field either. Like I mean, yeah. he was a half forward for McDonough and these lads, so he'd be he'd be he'd be well. He's good coach with them as well. Conan, it's a bit depressing. I saw I saw a halftime score. Um, last night Donegal Derry Donegal 4 Derry 2 <laughs> <laughs> say it ain't so Rory Geller's not up to his old tricks piss off like he, you're talking about Porrick Joyce he's talking about Kieran McDonald and I'm doing Rory Gallagher's Derry um, is he still at this defense? is he brought for man of tactics to Derry I thought that I actually thought one of the stipulations for his kind of appointment was that they were going to demand it. How, how was, did we read this or have we speculated on this or where do we get this notion? No, I think what Gallagher was saying that he doesn't play one way. Oh, that, that was, was it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But as it turns out, yeah. he does. <laughs> we, we well, he's, his well, he's never played any other way. So the evidence of Derry so far is that he's continuing that? Yeah, well, just from the mechanic up anyway. And I know he's with like the Slock Neil players and Coleraine Hurlers as well. But um, yeah, it seems that way. Like I get disappointed because Ben McCarn, who'd be a club mate of mine, um, I mentioned him last year he scored a hat-trick in the Mechanic Cup and he was lined out but then this partner was playing as one of the 14 men back behind the ball and he's like this amazing forward like you know he could win you a game he's very young but 
um, seemed to be that Ryan Bell was up top on his own and then just everybody else just Listen this this is the only way I could com- compare this everybody is wearing skinny jeans and Rory Gallagher still wearing boot cut jeans <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah. back, He's wearing flares uh, yeah. <laughs> got to, got to the 1980s flares <laughs> And you, you mentioned uh, Johnny Heaney for Galway like Keelan Ward lined out a corner back for Donegal and scored 1-1 So you know There you go and he plays he, I think he plays centre back for, for unions as well like yeah. he's, he, there's more to him he's played centre back for Donegal That's the new thing now lads I'd actually go so far is I'd be picking a forward corner back yeah. Pick a forward, and so now the the, the fellow who thinks got he's got a utility role out around the midfield. Now he's marking a forward. <laughs> Paul Mannion would love to be playing against your team. Do you know what I mean, though? Because <laughs> yeah, if you're playing yeah. a two-man full forward line, every team's doing it. So, like, why not just give them something else to think about? So there are players that they're sending back. You play with an extra forward, and that's the way yeah. that's the way you should do about it. One bit of good news to finish up on today, lads, is that the media manager from Dublin for the last five years under Jim Gavin, he's gone. <laughs> So ding dong the witch is dead, right? So we might get more access. So we don't know who Desi's uh new media manager is. There's a bit of speculation. It could be Sean Potts who was his right hand man in the in the GPA. Oh he wrote his book, I think. He Sean wrote Potts, his book, yeah. yeah. Sean Potts was a journalist uh, at one time. I think he worked for the Independent, so I'd be okay with him, I hope. Until uh <laughs> him up now, will anyways, this is it, lads. This is huge. So we could have some Dublin interviews. <laughs> Sean Potts a great fellow. It's a great lad, yeah. Sean. Yeah. But what's this Shep gonna do? Just sit at home watching videos of himself walking around the field in shorts. <laughs> Just blocking things. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime somebody rings him, he picks the phone up. Yeah. Back Imagine then. a man so full of his own importance <laughs> just is just is irrelevant now hopefully Sean Potts doesn't pick up the phone to Shep's like what's this Colin Parkinson fella like well I let him back in (laughs) alright so on that good news uh, that the witch is dead we're going to leave it there we'll be back um, next week I'm not sure if we're doing a show on Monday but we'll be back with an All-Ireland preview show next Thursday uh, for sure we'll talk to you then good luck And when I started running, I suppose I didn't stop. And when I got the chance to go, I said I'd stay going. So it opened up. We were only the small little fish out there, so we are, and uh, we're trying hard to make it through. But it's hard to get the breaks when you're the smaller fish. Because I love this county so much, you know. And it's just I'm delighted that the lads, the lads did it for the people of Waterford today because, like, I, I'm heart, I'm heartbroken. <laughs> Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.